<laughs> Welcome to That One Show with Brian Combs, and today my good friend James Elliott Turner II. I have had this uh, episode planned since February with him. Our schedules have finally lined up to where we can get it recorded. Top 10 Dwight Yoakam songs. James, how are you today, my friend? You know, when you introduced me at the second, it makes me sound like I got a lot of money or rich or from a big estate. But they, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Must be sound more prestige than just the plain old James. That's right. That's right. <laughs> So, James, I'm glad me and you can go back a long way, we and I'm, I'm glad I've got you on here uh, finally talk, to talk about one of our favorite musicians, Dwight Yoakam. Uh, how long have you been a fan of Dwight? You know, uh, late 80s, 86, 87 there, I, I was a big fan of Dwight. I remember CMT really mm -hmm. uh, introduced me to Dwight Yoakam. Now, I can remember, you remember the old Hazard, Prairie County, uh, Play market up there. Yep. So I, I used to go up there in the summers to buy my shoes for school, the knockoff Converse, <laughs> and they have these bootleg tapes playing all over the uh, the, the grounds of the play market, and the bootleg it. So the cassette tapes a little bit fuzzy. And I can remember hearing Dwight Yoakam on those cassette tapes. You know, guitar man. I mean, the honky tonk man, guitars, Cadillacs. You know, Ring of Fire, and and so Dad said that. I said, Dad, buy me that cassette. For five dollars, you know, go to Walmart and buy one that's clean and clear for nine dollars. Yeah. So it was a big difference. But I bought the bootleg tape too. A big difference in the bootleg tape and the cassette is much more clear. Yeah. You know. So I've uh, so I've been a fan of Dwight's probably when I'm forty uh six, uh, I've been a fan of Dwight for thirty seven years. Yes. Uh I came up on him probably late eighties, early nineties. I'm just a, a couple years younger than you. Uh but I mean, right out of the gate with his first album in '86, and then his second one in '87, he had a bunch of top ten country hits. Uh, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention he's from Pike County, Kentucky, just down the road from where we're at today, recording. Yeah, he's born over in Pikeville. He actually lives a holler called I think Floyd Pike Holler. Yep, on the Floyd Pike line, right there. Yep. He he was there about a year or two. He went to Columbus, you know. Yep. And uh, I had the privilege. We'll talk about this later. Meet his mother. At Pikeville, at the with Lance Turner, at the uh, Appalachian uh, Expo Center. We'll talk about that later. But uh, yeah, uh, Brian, big fan of Dwight. I saw Dwight probably thirty more or thirty two times in concert. Wow! So you've got me beat. I've just only seen him a few times, but he's been fantastic every yes. single time I saw him. And before we move into the songs here, I'd be remiss if we didn't mention that he was also an actor and a really good actor. He's been in some really good movies: Sling Blade, Panic Room. Uh, the two crank movies, Cry Macho. Yeah, that, that's, that's, I think that's the newest one he was in. That's last year, or the year before. Yeah, that's a good one, Cry Macho. And I was often wondering. I was watching it with my my fiance. I was wondering, uh, you know, you got Clint Eastwood uh, having a scene and Dwight a scene, but they never was in the scene together. They probably so never not, never filmed together. They were filmed together. Yeah, so they probably filmed different locations. Yeah. but uh, he was a real interesting movie. Of course, Clint Eastwood one of my all time favorite actors, and uh, yeah, so Dwight's got multi talented absolutely individuals absolutely so let's get right into it buddy i always let my guests go first at number 10 what's your 10th favorite dwight yoakam song number 10th is number 10 is probably a a single that most folks hasn't heard but if you're a dwight fan like me and the my fan brian crones here uh it's called liar mm -hmm. off the second hand heart album released in april 14th of 2015. Uh, this album went number two Yep. On, on the country charts. Number three in the UK, reached 18 on the U.S. Billboard. 
uh, end of the year, it ends up at number 43 as the year-end chart. But Liar is a uh, good video. It's uh, it's filmed in L.A., I think, in the back of El Camino. Yes. You've seen the video? Yes. Okay, you know, he, he's filmed it with his future wife. Yep. And uh, it's a dandy. It reminds me of some of the Dwight Older songs, High Powered, and Comes Right At You. Now, he's, uh, I think him and this lady married and had a kid not too long ago. They, they First sure kid he ever had, from my yeah. knowledge, way up in his 60s. Yeah, had during COVID. Yeah. The COVID year, and uh, Dwight Wade liked to have kids. Yep. You know, and uh, his, her brother has a band called, uh, I forgot the name of the band, but it opened up for Dwight. Mm -hmm. it's called, and and uh, so her brother was the opening band for Dwight Yoakam for years. Yes. I'm venturing to say that's probably how they met. That's how they met. Now, she's a photographer. Yeah. And everywhere you go to a concert, you'll see her running around the venue yep. with uh, taking pictures of Dwight and, and the band. And uh, I think I, the band's called Kick Leg, but I want to find out what that band's called right now. Yeah, well, while you're, while you're looking that up, James, I'm glad you picked this because – it's one from his latter catalog. You know, he come out on fire. His first three or four albums in the late 80s and early 90s there, uh, no doubt have probably the majority of his most well-known and popular and bigger hits. Uh, but I'm glad we was able to talk about one of his more recent ones, even though it was 2015. It was, you know, that's just seven years, seven, eight years ago. And uh, I'm sure there's a couple other albums released around that time frame that we'll discuss later. Yes. I don't particularly have this one on my list, but I'm glad you picked it. Uh, We'll play it, and we'll come right back, and hopefully you have found the name of that band by the time we come yes. back, brother. <laughs> All right, guys, see the at the house. See the at the house, so we got to find it. James, did you find the name of that band? Yeah, I was correct. It was, it was uh, the band is called Kick Leg. Kick Leg. So, and Emily Joyce Dwight's uh, uh, wife, that's her brother. He's the lead singer, and I watched him in concert. He's constantly doing like these high kicks when he's singing. The big long lanky fella, a really good. But yeah, it's Kick Leg. I got that CD at home. I thought I was right, and I looked it up just to confirm that. So my number 10 is a song off of the 1991 album, If There Was A Way, and it is It Only Hurts When I Cry. Now, that was a, a song that uh, he met with the late, great Roger Miller yep. on uh, about this song. Oh, yeah. And I think uh, Roger's got a co-writing credit he, on it. Yeah, his approval on that one. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's one of his songs that he always sings at concert. A liar, he sings it in concert occasionally, but uh, that song there uh, – 
on Hearts Be When I Cry was a big CMT video. Yep. And uh, he that's a that's a you can guarantee he'll play that song at every concert. Did have you got it ranked? I do not. All righty. So it peaked at number seven on the Billboard Hot 100 Country Charts. Uh, and this was an era in which about any single he put out at least got in the top ten. He was hot. Yeah, I mean, his first three or four albums, he was about as hot as you can possibly get. Yeah. And I wanted to touch on that before we move too deep into the episode because he, when he came along, he really rejuvenated the sound that was popular in the 50s, 60s, and 70s called the Bakersfield sound. Yeah, with Merle Haggard and... Uh, Buck yeah, Buck Owens was, and him, and we, and he even cut an album with Buck later on when Buck was really old. And he did. Got some pretty dang good songs on that yeah, album. He has an album too called White Sings Buck. Yes. And it's a good one too. Yes. And one of my favorites is, is Hold Up the Honky Tonks. Yes. You know, Aslan has a video for that song too. So, yeah, Dwight Yoakam and Buck Owens, uh, you know how you met Dwight was, uh, Dwight met Buck, well, Buck owns a radio station, radio stations. As, yeah. So it has for decades. Yeah, it made millions of dollars. And Dwight would go to his office every day and talk to his secretary and want to meet with Buck Owens. And, of course, Buck didn't know who he was and he wouldn't meet with him. But I guess his persistence paid off. Mm-hmm. Then they uh, cut that song, uh, Streets of Bakersfield, but, you know. Hit number one with it, too. Number one. Only two number one songs. Yep, Dwight, yo, yep that's one of them. That's one of them. <laughs> that's one of them. We'll probably talk about the other one before we get out of this episode, though. So here's a little bit of my number 10 from 1991. It only hurts when I cry. The only time I feel the pain is in the sunshine and rain. I don't feel no hurt at all unless you can't want to that song. You couldn't tell it by the smile, but my recovery took a while. I worked for days and nights on end, just to walk and talk again. You can't believe the time it takes to heal a heart once it breaks. All right, James, what's your now favorite Dwight Yoakam song? But this is a tricky one. Uh, you know, it, first of all, it's very, very hard to pick 10 songs. I, yeah, I, I, I agree. 20 songs. I started out with about 20 or 25, and I kept whittling them down, and I probably changed my top 10 nine or 10 different times before I settled on yeah. it, buddy. I did a top 10 in January when you first asked me about this. I did another top 10 in March, and where our dates couldn't uh, – we couldn't get together. I did another top 10 over the weekend. It was different songs, but my number nine – he has two cuts of this song. Yep. The, the first uh, song, Ring of Fire, was released in 86 on the guitars and Cadillacs. But he did a slower honky-tonk version of this song, Faster Tempo. And it was released as a bonus CD. So you only buy it at Target. But of course, I bought it on Amazon. Mm-hmm. But it's a bonus CD from Target. It's on the Three Pearls album. It is a Ring of Fire. Yeah. A honky-tonk, slowed-up version. Yeah, and, I, and when you sent me your list, I had a I had heard the original one from his debut album, 
I had never heard this version, and I had a hard time finding it. Now that you explained it was only available at Target, that <laughs> well, yeah. it's not easy to find on the internet. This version, the live yeah. version, probably. Yeah, I had to go to YouTube because it wasn't like on Spotify or none of the streaming platforms. Yes, and yeah. it's a different kind of version of Ring of Fire, but I like it's it. It's awesome. Hey, he'll sing this at concerts too. Ring yeah. of Fire. Yes. Uh, but yeah, I'm glad you picked this one, man. It's not one I would have ever thought of. As a matter of fact, I didn't know this particular version existed until you sent me your list there a couple of days ago. Uh, so it was something totally new to me, this version of it. And I actually probably prefer it to the, his yeah. original version, to yeah. tell you the truth about it, James. If I had to pick one version, I want the new version. I like them both. But, Slow down. Yeah. And uh, but I like the guitar riffs. He plays acoustic. Yes. His guitar. He, yes. And Dwight's a very, very gifted uh acoustic guitar player a lot better, a lot, he's he's a lot better than he gets credit for buddy he's a good one now and you, and you'll see that a lot if you ever see him live too oh he, yeah. yeah and the, you know i know it's too wide to uh, he uh, a perfectionist too on stage and he wants that sound just right and he'll during the first couple of songs of his, of his concert he's constantly talking to the band members to turn something up turn something down to get just right yes by song number three they're a fine old machine yes you know, I think my favorite time I ever saw him was over at the Mountain Art Center in Prestonsburg. You know what that was? It was, it was, it's been at least 15, 16 years ago. You know, I met you, you and Dixie. Yeah. Over there, and I looked up the date on that. <laughs> and the, just the, it was August the 29th, 2006. Wow. I saw you in the hallway. Yeah. And uh, there you were, and there I was. Yep. And uh, he was a good, good uh, well, that was kind of a hometown show for him, too, if you think it about it. He hasn't been back since. Yeah, no. Nah, been, been to Pikeville. Yeah, 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 at the, but, at the Expo Center. But not to the Mac. Yeah, and the, Mac, the Mac's a very intimate venue. It's, you know, holds probably, what, six, seven hundred people, maybe? Yeah, a thousand kilos. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I talked to the management at the Mac. I said, we going to get Dwight back. I used to do this every year. Well, he's always got a welcome, open invitation to come back. Doors open. But, you know, maybe the schedule. <laughs> I remember looking at his tour shirts. He was in Chicago the night before. Yeah. Then uh, Prestonsburg that night. I just thinking, boy, I hate that fast turnaround. I'm still young, you know. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but just a, a excellent show. And that was on the Blaine Devane tour. Yes. Yeah. So go ahead and introduce this song real quick for us, James, and I'll play a little bit of it. Right. If, if, and I'm sure this is probably one if uh, if they were like me, our audience may not have necessarily ever heard this version. Yeah, I want to introduce this Ring of Fire song. Of course, Johnny Cash. Uh, made it famous, June Carter Cash and Merle Kilgore wrote this song, but Dwight has that honky-tonk neon cowpunk version. Hope you guys enjoy it.
James, my number 10 song was one off the album, If There Was A Way, and actually my number nine is also off that album from back in 1991, and it is You're The One. You're the one that made me cry. Yeah. You're the one. Yeah. That, you know, I think if I'm correct, If There Was A Way was his biggest album. Am I right about that? It was until uh, one came out just a little longer uh, after that called uh, This Time. If there was a way he had, uh, I think I'm right about this. Uh, this time, it, yeah, you're right. This time was the biggest. If there was a way, was the second, second. biggest. Yeah. So he just kept talk, topping himself as far as sales and hits. For, uh, I think like his first four albums, it just each one was bigger than the next. This time, the album you mentioned. Look here, that CD or cassette, whatever released. Ain't that lonely yet? Mm-hmm. Fast as you and a thousand miles from nowhere on that same album all reached number two, not including trying to look so pretty. Uh huh. That's my problem. Yeah. And uh, number 22, <laughs> Talking of a Clown. That was a big CMT hit, the video. Yeah. Album. And so, we probably get to a lot of those songs yeah. down here. But uh, have you got your The One ranked on your list at all? My, my list is tough. Uh huh. It is not all ranked right. on my top. But 10. I bet you like it though, right? Oh, I love it. I probably 13 or 14. <laughs> so I barely missed out. That's why it's that good, right? Yeah, and it actually reached number five, another top 10 uh, hit for him. And I didn't go up and count, go back and count how many top 10s hits, but he has to have dozens and dozens of them, man. Yeah. Because uh, there for a while, anything he put out as a single hit the top 10. Yeah, you know, he has 14 top 10 hits. Yeah. 12 gold albums. Yep. Nine multi-platinum albums. Yep. Platinum means he sold at least, uh, I guess, a million of them. Yeah, some of those are multi-platinum. Yeah, so it means two millions or more. Yes. Yeah. So obviously he's one of the best to ever do it. But here is a little bit of my number nine. It's called You're the One. James, we was just having a conversation off earth. (laughs) That's why I come back laughing. What's number eight, buddy, on your list? Number eight is a song I guarantee unless you're a diehard Dwight Yoakam fan. You probably haven't heard it yet. And uh, it's a dandy. It's called Pretty Horses. Now, this is not on a CD Mm -hmm. or an album because you're a big album collector. I'm a CD man. And uh, released on May 25th of 018. Mm-hmm. Also, he released two of the or two singles, mm-hmm. Pretty Horses, and he released Then Came Monday. But I picked number eight, Pretty Horses. This is kind of from the birds, 
Yes. It's, and uh, Sweetheart's of the Rodeo. Yes. That kind of, kind of that song. Uh, like you said, he just released this as a standalone single there. That's right. It's not on any of his albums, but it's a really, really good song. And he'll sing his concert, uh, sometimes in concert. It's called Pretty Horses. It's a very melancholy type song. Yeah, I really like it. Uh, you know, and we mentioned the uh, before that Dwight has that distinctive, distinctive voice. And uh, but if you hear anything on the radio, you'll know it in a word to it's Dwight Yoakam. And Absolutely. Right off the bat, it just had his feel to it. Yes. He, he wrote this song. And but you know, number eight is Pretty Horses. Like I said, he was released at the same time as Then Came Monday. Neither song on a CD or album, but Pretty Horses. Just available you know, digitally, is it? Yeah, and of course, YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> well, I te- technically, I guess that's digitally. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it is. Splitting hers. We're old, buddy. We, oh, no. we, 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 we've already talked about how we buy records, CDs, and tapes still. <laughs> we, we're, we're older. Older. Yeah. A whole wiser. I don't know. So go ahead and introduce this one for our listeners, yeah, James. Pretty Horses. Uh, when you hear Dwight, y'all can discuss his song. He'll say, well, he has oranges from Emily Harris, the birds, Sweetheart to the Rodeo, and uh, this is a dandy song that you probably haven't heard yet. Pretty Horses. Pretty horses Oh, what I have to ride Lonely memories Oh, where I go to hide Empty pages are all I choose to ride James, I've got one at number eight off of his second album, 1987's Hillbilly Deluxe, uh, a song that charted all the way up to number eight at its peak, Little Ways. Little Ways. You got it ranked? I do not. All right, so we are, we've we not had a, one alike yet, uh, but I bet you this was on your long list of songs that you considered. Oh, that's number 11 or 12, Little Ways is a, is a staple in his concert set yes. list. I, I mean, we're at the end of the show. Usually Little Ways is... Last three or four songs that we set, usually Little Ways, Honky Talk Man, Fast As You, and Encore Suspicious Minds. Yes. So Little Ways is a, you can't go wrong with Little Ways. You got your, can't go wrong with that, can you? No. It starts out immediately with him singing before even, I think, a note of actual music's played. It does. He's he, he, It's just a, a song that really represents my childhood. Those older albums, you know, I grew up with Dwight Yoakam and the Headhunters and folks like that. And it really shaped my childhood as far as musically. And, you know, and uh, the headhunters, when I talk to those guys, I do thank them for how they influenced me and Dwight Yoakam even more so. Yes. So I really love this song. Uh, love the, this entire album. Uh, this is one of his that I do have on vinyl. We were talking off air about how you still collect CDs. And 
<laughs> I, uh, I still collect vinyl records. So I've gone, I'm going back a generation of technology before you. I, but I don't think neither one of us collect eight tracks. Well, if we could find them. <laughs> if we could find them, we would. <laughs> <laughs> I still have eight track player. Yeah, I it remember that had them eight track player, yeah. eight track cassette holder. Yeah. I remember the old truck had eight track player in the truck. I remember yeah. Merle Haggard. He had one Merle Haggard, oh, yeah. little dog. Yeah. Merle Pet, a dog. Yep. And, uh, you know, just the funny what you remember, right? It is. And music. I always tell people it's two things that bring people together. It's music and sports. You know, that's what I, you know, uh, Dixie, obviously listeners of this show know her because she's been on a bunch of times. Her and I were talking the other day about how that's one of the things we love about live music. You go to a, a concert, and there may be ten or 15,000 people there of all different types of backgrounds. Yes. And they may not agree on a whole lot, but for the two hours during that show, they're always one and one big happy community singing along to the same songs and all together for the for the same reason. They're, there, they're all there for the same reason. But you know something, when I hear a song like Little Ways, you hear a song like Little Ways, it, may, it may mean two different definitions. Absolutely. You may, you may interpret it one way, yep. and I interpret it a different way. Yes. Just... It's all on the person and the, and the mood that they're in at the time. That's right. Little, some, little ways could be a funny song or somebody mad at your girlfriend or boyfriend, right? Right. Could be both. May very well actually be both, just depending on uh, what's going on in your personal life when you listen to it. Oh, and, man. And you just broke news a while ago that you had a fiancé, and you said, well, that nobody knows that but me, you, and her. But <laughs> Yeah. They are people that listen to this show, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll look for ratings probably uh, maybe this weekend. Well, well congratulations, my friend. I, hey, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, yeah. And I deserve a good Breathitt one. County's most eligible bachelor is officially off the market. Well, I've been off for about three years now. <laughs> well, it's really official now, though, buddy. <laughs> anyway, here's my number eight, Little Ways from 1987's Hillbilly Deluxe. You got you got your little way hurting me, you know just how to tear me up. Leave me in small pieces on the ground. You got your little way to hurt me, they're not too big, but they're real tough. Just one cold look from you. James, what do you have at no, lucky number seven on your list? Buddy? Number seven. I've never heard this song before until the same night we met in, in 06 at, at the Mac with yep. you and Dixie. It's She'll Remember off the Blame the Vain CD. Yep. And this song starts off a little bit different. It he, does. he starts off with an English type accent. Yep. You know, how, you know, he wants her to go and leave and dare, dares her to go and, and she leaves and it hits him all of a sudden. Then the English accent's gone. It's down right down to the, the sad blues honky tonk. 
I love this song. I almost picked it. I mean, and it's not a real, you know, it's not one of his not big, big, big hits or anything he like didn't that. Chart it all. No, but he did play it that night. Like you, that was first, that was uh, that was one of my very first times hearing it. And we mentioned again the show about how good of an actor he was, and he pulls off an English accent to start this song pretty well for old country boy. Well, I heard this took nine or ten times. I said, "Who's that talking?" That <laughs> you don't know, even know it's him. I know it's him. And I, <laughs> and I finally figured out it was him. Yep. But he, he talks in the English accent, and all of a sudden, when she leaves him, the English accent's gone down to the old country boy, like Brian said. And uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a real good song. This chart, this song didn't chart, but I highly recommend. She'll remember. Oh, yeah. And here it is, and it's your number seven, and it's off Blame the Vein, right? Blame the Vein back in 05. I don't want to go into it right now. No, I don't want to count. three of his bigger hits on my list and you've dug a little deeper uh into dwight yoakam's catalog for the back part of your list and i'll be doing that for the first time it's the title track off of the 1988 album song and album of the same name Venus noches from a lonely room you, you got red dresses yes what's well, a little sad well yeah in the parentheses that's the rest yeah, of the title yeah yeah, she, yeah that's a good that, song it you know, he's got a bunch of songs that's really, really heartbreaking and sad songs. Most of the time about breaking up with you, with your lady. I, I watched him interview with Dad Rather once, and he said the songs he sings and writes somebody close to suicidal. <laughs> you, you know, and he said, "Yeah, that's this is a good song, older song." Yes. Uh, what year was uh, eighty-eight? Eighty-eight. It, uh, it only got up to number forty-six. And but this song and this guy, uh, his wife's cheating on him or yep. girlfriend. Yep. And they can't take it no more. And he, like, he sees him in the bed sleeping. And what happens next, Brian? Puts a gun through her head on him. Yep. So it's a good, it's a good song. And it really uh, emphasizes in uh, Dwight's voice. Oh, yeah. On this one. You, yes. You know, his, his high key. I think, in the, yeah, and in the production, I think they really put his voice more forward on the recording. It's and, featured. Yeah, featured a lot heavier than the, than the actual, you know, instruments. Uh, which, and... I don't know if there's a, ever been a country singer had a better catalog of, of, of breakup and hurting songs than Dwight. Well, ain't that country music? Yeah, but I mean, he's got dozens. Oh, baby. <laughs> he's got a song for every season. Every scenario in your, every scenario in your life, Dwight Yalkin has a song to fit that mood. And uh, I discovered when I was a hurting band over things in the past. Uh, well, that's what I was just going to ask you. Have you ever, after a breakup, turned on a Dwight Yalkin CD or album and 
on my list. Yeah. <laughs> if I got her back, I want to marry her. So. <laughs> All right, buddy. <laughs> well, here is my number seven, the title track off of the album from 1988, Buenas Noches from a Lonely Room. She wore red dresses With her black shining hair Oh, she had my baby And caused me to care Then coldly she left me To suffer and cry Oh, she wore red dresses and told such sweet lies. James, we each have one pick left before we take a break and then get into the top five. And we have yet to pick a song that the other one also has chosen. And I don't know if and when that'll change, buddy. But It may not change. What What do you have at number six? Number six, I have, boy, this song. I've heard this. I'm oh, sorry. I got excited. But I got the mic. You got tore up, yeah. our buddy. Well, this song here is just a Jim Dandy of a song. You know, uh, a lot of folks have remade this song. Uh, I heard it last year. Jesse Woods made it in a uh, that Yeti commercial. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Leanne Womack's daughter, she did a remake of this song. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a classic song, and, uh, you know, a thousand miles from nowhere. You know what's funny? This is my number six. So not only do we have the first song first that both one. of us picked, but at the same position. So what a way to – Take us in the break. Let's talk about this song. It very well could have been number one. It easily could have. Yeah. I think at one time I might even had it at my number one. It's a and it's a good video of him on that train. Yep. You know, uh, I've had this conversation with our good friend Lance Turner when this song first came on CMT. I did not like it. I changed it. Didn't didn't like it too well, slow. I was younger. Yeah. Then as I got older, and you know things changed in my life. You got to appreciate the words of this song. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, it's only fifth studio album this time this time uh and uh written by dwight yoakum and the iconic video i guess somewhere in western united states on that train just singing his heart out yeah and you know uh this was could you just said easily could have been number one i think it reached number two on the chart best time it best, did from what i read over the weekend and it's funny that he only had two number one hits when we've not talked about either one of those yet. But man, I, he, this album, if you put a gun to my head and say, what, what's your favorite Dwight album? It's probably this one. I agree with that. Uh, one of my top two or three albums. This is a song that he always sings at his concert. It's a staple song. Yes. And uh, for good reason, 
thousand miles from nowhere. And he sung it. My mom watched this a lot on YouTube, and he went to had the Chris Stapleton and, and Dwight had that uh, relief show. And it oh, oh yeah, for the flood relief. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, and did you go to that? I did not. I tried to get tickets. I tried. I was too late. I, five minutes, buddy. I, I they were sold out. I, I should have went, but I was too late. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and he sang this song that. Uh, at that concert, and I played it uh, I bet you a hundred times. And each time you play these song, any song that you listen to, you hear different words that you didn't hear the first time, or a different riff, or a different chord. And that's most songs when you really listen to it. A thousand miles from nowhere, uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of Roy Orbison. Yes, it does a little bit. You know, Roy Roy Orbison type song. Mm-hmm. And he hits these high notes in this one too. This song written by Dwight Yoakam. Yeah, and we were talking off air just a minute ago about how Dwight and the, the, the musician Chris Isaacs is really good friends, and Chris said that Dwight was the greatest songwriter of all time. Yeah, that's what he's quoted saying. I read that in several articles, and Chris, I, you know, all my better. Dwight's got to be in the top five, especially country songwriters. Why? He named four better. To actually sing and write himself. No. I can't name one better than what y'all can. <laughs> but I tell you, all my favorite singers, Billy Idol, John Mellencamp, Dwight Yoakam, Chris Isaac, them boys are late sixties. John Mellencamp's kind of got to be a, a a crotchety mean old man. He's hateful. He's got to be really hateful. Last time I saw him, he'd give a middle finger to somebody out in the audience, and and this was only maybe 45, 50 minutes into the show, and he left and never to come back out. No, my first concert in Cincinnati with Neil Diamond Terry was uh, John <laughs> Mellencamp and the Wallflowers. Yeah. And Wildflowers was red hot at the time. Oh, yeah. One headlight. Yeah. And John Melkamp, he sung all the songs. Uh, yeah. R-O-C-K and USA, Pink Houses, you know, Paper and Fire. But now his concerts uh, is more like uh, talking when he's singing and songs I never heard of and I don't really like them. I'm like, like old John Melkamp. But Dwight, John Melkamp, Chris Isaac, those guys are in the late 60s now. I think John Melkamp might be 71. Yep. Anyway, this is my number six and James, your number six. Number six. One that we perfectly align with. Uh, a thousand miles from nowhere. We're going to take a quick break, play two commercials, and then come back with our top five. Hey, 
Brian, once again here to tell you about my good friends at The Goblin Trading Company. That's right. They are putting out new stuff almost daily. Shirts, hoodies, mugs. Not just exclusive that one show merchandise, but all kinds of cool stuff. They have a really new cool shirt for my D&D friends of a lich. And if you'll just go to Etsy, type in the Goblin Train Company, you can see that shirt and all the other stuff they have. A lot of you I've already bought some hoodies and t-shirts of that one show, and I appreciate that. Keep on buying that stuff, wearing it out, tagging myself or the Goblin Train Company on social media and letting us see that cool shit that they are making because it is cool. And if you want to be cool, you will go ahead and get you a hoodie or t-shirt from the one and only Goblin Trading Company. If you don't know how to get there, in the show notes, I'll have a little link. And all you got to do is click on that sucker and it'll take you right there to where you'll see all that awesome stuff I just talked about from the Goblin Trading Company. James, kicking off your top five. What's your fifth favorite, Dwight? Y'all can song well, them all time. A, a, a number five of the song, of course. There's a lot of different verses in this song. Uh, Eddie Rabbit, uh, Waylon Jennings sung this song. Elvis made an attempt to sing this song. Now he did a real good job, Elvis did. Probably the most well-known version of the song is Elvis's more likely. It is, but my favorite version is Dwight Yoakam's Suspicious Minds, released in 1992 on the Honeymoon in Vegas soundtrack. Yes. Uh, also on Dwight Yoakam's Greatest Hits album. Yes. Nicholas Cage in the, that movie? Yes, he is. Okay. Uh, uh, released on Dwight Yoakam's uh, Greatest Hits album called The Last Chance for a Thousand Years. Also an album, The, the Dandy... Dwight Live. Yes. And that's one of my favorite all-time live albums. Yes. But Suspicious Minds. Did he sing this song? Uh, it's his last song on every concert I've ever been to. Closes out. Closes out Suspicious Minds. Yes. I love his version of this song. Uh, really, really different than the other ones you just mentioned. Yeah. Especially the intro of it. And uh, for the life of me, I didn't realize it was the only place you could find it until his greatest hits album was off that soundtrack for... Uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. Yeah, and the Dwight Live yeah. has that version. It's about an eight-minute song. Oh, yeah. And uh, what happens at a concert, on the encore, he'll start playing the riff, walking back up the stage with the steps. Oh, yeah. He'll slowly start, and, you know, then the, the drum beat, you know, bump, 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 and he goes into it, and the crowd uh, just loves that song. Heats it up. Yeah, and, and uh, he sings, in my opinion, the best is Suspicious Minds. It's probably the best version of that song that I've ever heard recorded. And you just named some of the heavy hitters of the history of music. Waylon, Elvis. Eddie Rabbit. Uh, but I think Dwight topped them all with his version. Buddy. My opinion, he did. And like I said, it's a staple at his concerts. And, uh, yeah, it's a good one. And uh, could have been number two or three real easy on this top ten. Well, I'll be honest. The only reason why I left it out is because I tried to pick more of the songs no that he covers, wrote. No covers. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I mean, if I this is easily my favorite cover he ever did. I don't know if we'll talk about it, but he also does a cover of Queen's crazy little thing called Love that I really, really like too. 
that I left off just for the sheer fact that I wanted to talk a little bit more about the songs that he wrote. Yeah, the second time I ever watched Dwight Yoakam was it, uh, November 9th of 2001 with Exile. Wow. And that song, Crazy Little Thing Called Love, was big on that. And, and uh, also, if I'm right about this, had a Gap commercial. It was. Crazy Little Thing Called yes, Love. This for thing. Jeans. Yeah, that's right. And he was playing the guitar. Yes, and doing and, his signature leg kick. That's right. He was a little bit younger then. Yes. But he still kicks it in concert. He does. And now it's high. I can't remember who it was, but when I put the question out on social media that you and I were doing this uh, particular episode and asked people what songs they hoped we chose, somebody said we had to at least mention his leg kick one time. So there you go. Whoever that was, we mentioned it. Leg kick, and he's famous for that leg kick. Leg <laughs> kick and those boots. When you see him in concert, even like you said, he's up in his 60s, he still does that, and the ladies still, still scream. They still scream, and I tell you, uh, you know, with his signature style, the hat below the, uh, almost below the eyes. Oh, yeah. And that uh, denim jacket and the blue jeans that uh, custom made down there in L.A. And those boots down with But when we watched him at the MAC in 05, he had that cowboy had dress pants on and a, a, a jacket on, yep. uh, like a dress jacket on. That yes. was the uh, his style for that era. Yep. So go ahead and introduce this one, your number five, and we'll play it. Suspicious Minds. five is a song that hit number 11 way back in 1990 off of if there was a way i think we've talked about several songs off that album already this is turn it on turn it up turn me loose have well, you got have you got it ranked i got number two why we'll go ahead and talk about it if that's all right one of the first songs i really fell in love with dwight yoke's music was turn it on turn it up turn me loose a great video too absolutely uh, i remember cmt would play it just a couple of times in the morning and i'd be glued to that tv to watch that uh, this video released as a single in September 26, 1990. Um, if there was a way, is that correct on that right, album? Yep, went to number 11. Number 11, Yoakam's fourth studio album. And like Brian said, reached number 11 on the hot country songs. You mentioned the Beatles off the earth. Yeah. Well, with Dwight's, when they, uh, when Suspicious Minds is over, and the lights come up, they play that song for the Beatles, Let Me Roll You. Yes. That's a song that, that, that he'll sing, but that comes on the loudspeakers, let me roll you. That's at the end of the concert when the lights come on. But now, this song, Turn It Up, or Turn It On, Turn It Up, Turn Me Loose, was uh, was one of my favorite all-time Dwight Yoakam songs. Him on that, him on that 
waking up with that video in the morning, he's late for something. Yep. And goes to the bar to sing. And it's yes. just a, uh, uh, I love this video. And Dwight, uh, uh, once again, goes back to that honky tonk style, mm -hmm. dragging those words out, hitting those high, low, high notes and low right. notes. It's a, it's a, one of my favorites. I love this song, man. And I could, and we were talking, man, any of these next ones that, that we talk about, uh, could all easily be number one. Ah, uh, of course. Now, I'm sure some folks has it as their top one or two hits. And we got number two on mine. Number five on mine. There we go. It's turn it on, turn it up, and turn me loose. What do you have at number four? Number four is probably Dwight's most popular song. I imagine uh, Fast As You. Now, I've seen this cover by many other singers. Dirks Bentley covers it in concerts. So does Brother Osborne's Day covered. Fast As You, uh, again, on that album, This Time, uh, released in 1993, reached number two in the U.S. and number five in Canada. Dwight's last top 10 album was this time, written by Yoakum, produced by Pete Anderson in a very good CMT video. Yes, sir. And I will say this is my number two. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it easily could have been number one, like, like the other two or three we've talked about in the last little bit. Uh, like you said, it may be. And I, 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 when I went back and looked, this was probably the song that was mentioned most on Facebook that should be number one by the listeners, buddy. Well, you can't you can't argue with that. Fast as you, uh, it's just a good song and and a uh, big time song on CMT back a few years ago, and everybody knows it. Uh, it's in the country music, and everybody loves it. That knows the song, and when they and why sing this live in concert, the fans. Uh, they start clapping them hands, stomping them feet. Oh, yeah. And uh, it is a dandy. And he's also sang, sang this song at the uh, the concert in, in Lexington we talked about with Chris Stapleton. Mm -hmm. But he puts something a little extra on yes. this song when he sings it live back in October for the flood relief victims. You know what? I, I meant to mention this earlier. Uh, one of the things I love about Dwight, it, the peak of his popularity was probably from like 1987 to probably around 93, 94. And no one in, in music period, especially country music, sounded like he did during that time. You go back and listen to any other song, any other country artist during that time, and they are totally different than the stuff Dwight was producing, but yet he was topping the charts or near topping the charts with everything he put out. 
Yeah, he had that cow punk style. He, he, he was had been credited by a lot of critics of kind of reviving country music. Absolutely. With his look and his sound. Traditional country music. Traditional country music with that honky-tonk sound. And, you know, Dwight sold about 26 million records and maybe sold a majority of those yeah. during that time frame. Yeah, I mean, you could literally, any of the songs that he put out during that six-year run, you could have easily pictured being played on the jukebox at an old honky-tonk in the 50s or 60s. With the, the time around the Johnny Horton type style, yes, that high pitch. And, and we mentioned Merle Haggard, and we also, you know, uh, mentioned uh, Buck Owens, which is Dwight is very much in any interview you read of him, him mentions Buck. Buck was pretty much his biggest musical influence. Period. Yeah, and he kind of revived Buck's career. Too. Well, they had that number one hit, uh, Streets of Bakersfield. Is it on our list, yeah, who knows, right? I don't. It's, I don't know. But getting narrowed down, I don't know. We've only got a couple to talk about. <laughs> but uh, this is your number four, my number, number two. Four. It could be number one, but number four, fast as you. Maybe someday I'll be strong. Maybe it won't be long. I'll be the one who's tough. You'll be the one who's got it rough. It won't be long, and maybe I'll be real strong. Maybe I'll do things right. Maybe I'll start tonight. You'll Number four on my list is one off of his debut album from way back in 1986, Guitars Cadillacs. You got it ranked? Guitars and Cadillacs, one of my favorite songs, but not in my top ten. But it is a, oh, it's a one of my all-time favorite Dwight Yoakam song. But it must not be ain't the top ten. It's not. It's not at least your ten favorite. (laughs) Maybe number eleven, but it's a that song here. You can't go wrong when you hear it. It puts you in a good mood. And it reminds me once again of my childhood, reflecting back to or when, I guess when country music was really country, back in the late 80s, early 90s. Uh, Dwight Yoakam has really shaped my childhood and my adulthood too. Uh, being, but uh, that song is one of my favorites, and uh, I love it. I love that on this, uh, and as well as the actual title of the preceding album that come out the year after this, Dwight uses – uh the term hillbilly as a badge of honor because a lot of people from outside of kentucky in the area that you and i grew up in call us that as a derogatory name but he celebrates where he's from even though he only spent a few years here before his family moved to ohio uh he, uh you know he obviously has fond memories of this place and his roots here so and you like you said he came back last year when he didn't have to, flew in from L.A. to give his time on that concert for the flood relief of Breathitt County and the surrounding counties. That's it got right. devastated, man. Yeah, and uh, 
thank you, Chris Stapleton, for setting that uh, concert up with Patty Loveless and, uh, of course, Dwight Yolkum and uh, Tyler Childers. And, yeah, but, you know, uh, that song on guitars, Cadillacs, and uh, Hillbilly Music, uh, yes. just a timeless classic. And, Absolutely. You know, you know and uh, Rob Zombie's got an uh, album called not hillbilly hillbilly deluxe yeah so yeah. He, he copied kind of off yep dwight changed the <laughs> i to an a yes. you know what i was telling you a story off the air that men <laughs> m lance turner saw dwight and leon womack in pikeville uh about six or seven years ago now and i've studied enough dwight yolkum and read uh, a lot of interviews and uh and you know just knew about him uh, and i saw this lady at a lot of his concerts and I knew her. We were sitting about 10 rows behind her. And I said, Lance, I think that's Dwight Yolkin's mom. So after the show, of course, I went up to her. And she was with this older gentleman. I said, sir, uh, that Dwight, y'all couldn't. I said, are you all kin to Dwight Yolkin? She goes, I am not, but she is. That was Dwight Yolkin's mom's boyfriend or husband, Dwight's stepdad. Yep. So, and she, we talked about five minutes. And she said, I'm so proud, Dwight. She said he don't drink, don't cuss, a vegetarian, and ain't married. Well, now I, I have to I have to uh, correct her on one thing. She probably she must have never watched any of the movies he's been in because he cusses a lot in some of them. <laughs> yeah, uh, especially well, Sling Blade <laughs> when he played Noel Harder. I, I guess he kept that from her. Uh, he probably didn't let her watch that one, James. She <laughs> <laughs> said drink. He said Dwight don't drink, don't cuss, don't smoke, and then vegetarian. And I said, well, I'm with Wild and everyone knows except the uh, vegetarian. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I'm more powerful to people to go that route, but I, I like good, some good, you know, steak, hamburgers. American food? Yeah, I can't, I can't give that up. Do you, do you know what the new number one food in America is? I heard it yesterday. Pizza? No. That's number four. Burritos. Which number is- two hamburgers, three french fries, four pizza. Wow. So, but Dwight Yoakam, uh, you know, like I said, the, so many songs, his catalog, his catalog of songs is just unreal. And a song for every occasion, you know, uh, it's just been 37 years this year since the debut of Guitars and Cadillacs. Yeah. 37 years. Dwight was a baby pretty much when he put that album out. He sure was. <laughs> and the, the crazy thing is he turned right around less than a year later and put out uh, Hillbilly Deluxe, man. Both of those came in, come within one year of each other. He put three albums out right back to back to yeah. back. He was, he was on fire. He was on, he was hot. So he put three uh, guitars and Cadillacs 86, Hillbilly Deluxe 87, and Beatles Nachos, not from a lonely room in 88. So three 86, 87, 88. And I, you know, I was young. I was in middle school. Yep. And those albums got produced and put out. So they talk about every time we turn it on the radio, it was Dwight, Dwight, Dwight. CMT, Dwight, 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 Larry, GAC, yes. Dwight Yoakum. Absolutely. So go ahead. Uh, this is my number four off of his debut album of the same name, Guitars, Cadillacs. And honky talk music. <laughs> So sweet. Now his guitar's can 
you got at number three number three is uh one of my favorite songs the uh, great iconic video it is Dwight Yoakam uh he's at a carnival on a jet airplane uh it's number three is baby things change that's dandy man barely missed my list but so I'm I'm very glad you picked it so we can talk about it and play it here in a minute man what do you, what you got to say about this well one? uh released in on June 9th 1998 can you believe 1998 has been 20 years ago 25 over a hush 25 <laughs> years it, it peaked at single number 17 on the an album on the long way from home yep now for me personally that's my least favorite album of Dwight's except things change that his ninth studio album picked at number 11 ended up at the year number 47 on the U.S. country charts written by Dwight Yoakam, produced by Pete Anderson. Uh, the video on this is still timeless. Yeah, the song is too. Like most everything he puts out, because we talked earlier about how he kind of rejuvenated and reinvigorated the, the sound of traditional country music in the 80s and 90s. And his, his, song, his catalog is pretty much timeless. Like he never got into any fads of using like synthesizers or you know, auto-tuning and things of that nature. I mean, he is what he is, and, and that's what he's always been. But he stays true to what he what he was, his music, and Absolutely. he's not going to change. And uh, I wondered, Brian, if you could pick another cover song that he's not covered at all. If you want Dwight Yoakam to sing a song that he hasn't covered as a cover, what would it be? Give me a minute to think about that, and I'll come back at you here in a minute. Uh, after we play this one, think about that one. <laughs> yeah, it's a things change number three. She said, Baby, things change. I said, But I feel the same. She said, Well, you asked me before we played that one what was it be a song that Dwight has not covered now he may have covered this in one of his concerts before but to my knowledge there's no actual recording of him mama tried mama tried yes by Merle Haggard uh, he's covered it not in concert but it's on it's on YouTube well I have to look at one up yeah mama tried yeah uh, 
I think he might sink with Merle on. Yeah. Might be a duet with yeah. Mama Tried. Mine will be probably Roy Orbison's uh uh well, I got two of them, Bob Seger's Night Moves. Uh-huh. You heard Night Moves by Bob Seger. I, I love Bob Seger. And that's a guy I should have went to Washington in concert. Uh but I didn't appreciate until it was too late to retard. Another guy was Tom Petty. I didn't appreciate until he died. I uh, saw him on the best shows I've ever been to in my life. See, buddy. I should have went, but I didn't appreciate. But mine would be in the – if I had to pick a song or two that Dwight hasn't sung live or hasn't uh, recorded uh, a cover, it would be Roy Orbison's Drove All Night. Well, you know, I almost picked Only the Lonely by Roy Orbison. He does a cover pretty, uh, pretty warm and pretty good, too. Yeah, he does. Yeah. But I think Dwight could crush Only the Lonely. With the high pitches? Yes. Well, uh, and make it a little bit, you know, honky-tonked, sad it. and drinking, crying so over your woman. So how can we get up with him? To, well, you you know his mom. Send her a note there. That she remembers me? Probably not. Uh, well, I love to pick Dwight Yoakam's uh, Bob Seger's uh, uh, <clears throat> Night Moves and Dwight Yoakam, uh, Roy Orbison's Drove All Night. That was great. So we, uh, we both covered our number two, so I'll introduce my number three, and then we'll come back and talk yes. about the number one. It's Please, Please, Baby from 1987's Please, Please, Baby, 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 come back home. Love it. Oh, yeah. You've left, you've left it off your list, old buddy. Number 13 on mine. That's about the fifth song you said was number 13 on your list. 13A, 13B, 13C, 13D. <laughs> uh, this peaked at number six. Uh, and... I, and this is another staple of his live shows. He'll play this. Yeah. You're probably about guaranteed to, to hear this one if you go watch him. He's got about 10 songs, and you're yeah. guaranteed he's going to play. That's one of them. Absolutely. And it's one of my favorites. Obviously, I've got it at number three. Could have been higher. Uh, any of these 10 that we've talked about tonight could have been number one, like we mentioned before. Uh, you said it was your number 13, A, B, or C. <laughs> <laughs> what, but what do you like about it before I play it? Well, I, I like it. it. It sounds better live right. than it does on CD or, or, or vinyl. And, and uh, it, it kind of reminds you of his older stuff. But all these songs kind of reflection, even the new songs, the old stuff. And uh, I just like it because it, it, uh, it's fast tempo. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's like a man begging to his woman, just please, please come on home. Yes. And uh, I guess most of us have been there before. Uh, about, yeah, I'd say about, about, about all of us. Even if you got a woman, you begging her, begging her back home. <laughs> come on. Please, please, baby, come back home. I'll change my ways. It's so cold, cold right? That's You're right. all alone. So, yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get you a recording contract for what we're down here today, James. Well, I could be an open act for somebody. You, yeah, you'd be the stand-up comedian. Uh, people laughed at before the main act come on, right? Boot off stage. As long as they get paid, it don't matter. Right? Pay the right go, 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 go his concert. concert. Go his concerts. That's yeah. Right. Here he is from 87. Please, please, baby. Hang on a second. Yeah, hang on to this, buddy. Please, please, baby.
James, what do you have for your number one favorite Dwight Yoakam song of all time? You know, Dwight Yoakam's my favorite singer, you know, and the Headhunters and Kid Rock's up there, too. You know, Kid Rock and Dwight Yoakam, they uh, collaborated on a song called uh, uh, Take Hold of My Hand on the Three Powers album. Yes. That's not my number one, though. Okay, what do you The number one is Blame the Vane. Yes. Excellent video uh, off the, of course, the 05 studio album, Blame the Vane. Uh, album, first album not produced by legendary producer Pete Anderson. Yeah, they'd worked together for a good 20 years. Yeah, maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. Uh, this single reached just 58 yep. on, the, uh, on, the, on the billboard, but number one in my heart. Uh, Pete, number eight on the U.S. billboard, the, the – uh, album did uh dwight's 16th studio album blame the vein you know it's funny we've not even we've got all the way through this we've not mentioned either one of his number one hits well i think dixie uh it's a sad song you know and not one of my favorite dwight's uh streets of bakersfield is a my 13d song <laughs> it's it's, it, it's a it's a it's a good it's a great video a big video. I loved it at the time, but as I discovered more Dwight music and as we got older and Dwight produced more songs, uh, I I like it, but not as good as my top 10 or Blaine Devane. So I'll go ahead and play this one for us, buddy. Uh, this is, go ahead and introduce it one more time. Tell what year it came out. 2005, the number one hit on the Dwight Yoakam top 10 with James Turner and my main man, Brian Combs. It's Blaine Devane. Thank you once again for coming on, James. I know we've been both busy, and it took us a few months to be able to finally get this one recorded, but we did it, and I look forward to having you back maybe in the fall for another episode. But it's been a pleasure, my friend. You and I go back a long way, and I've really, really, really enjoyed recording this episode with you today. Well, you know, you know I've known you for all, all my life, and when I saw you at that Dwight Yoakam concert in 06, I knew right then you had a good taste in music. <laughs> <laughs> Same and, here, buddy. And, and uh, it's been fun to go over these talk. You know, it's tough. These shows are tough to produce. And we was talking off the air how many hours you actually put in producing. Because I say this show, and it took me a long time to find top 10 songs of Dwight Yoakam's and time you research it and get the mm -hmm. background and the, 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 the chart position and the album. It takes time. And, and Brian, I appreciate you because you probably worked 30 hours uh, a show. And I appreciate what you – I know it's a labor of love. You it love absolutely is. And uh, you love the finished product. 
But I appreciate you for uh, just even on the radio station when you use introducing the audience to new music, to folks I never heard of. Uh, I enjoyed it. And I appreciate what you're doing for the music in Breathitt County and apparently around the world. Yeah, thank you, James. That means a lot to me, buddy. Uh, How much does it mean to you? Uh, Money-wise? <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> Priceless. Priceless. <laughs> uh, you know, you mentioned putting together a list, especially if it's an artist like Dwight that's been out for a long time and has a very, very extensive catalog of music and it's one that you love. To me, the hardest part is settling on the 10 songs and then putting them in the order you want, man. Generally speaking, there's 20 to 30 songs every time I do one of these lists that I could pick from, and I agonize over it like it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to name them, uh, one of my children, man, when they're born. <laughs> well, you know, just for example, ACDC, hard to pick 10 songs of ACDC or, or a Bruce Springsteen. It'd be tough, you know, and like Blaine Devane, my number one, well, there's two different versions. Mm -hmm. There's the Blaine Devane on the old five album, but it's got a bluegrass version too. Yes. That has not been recorded on a CD. Yeah, and he re actually released an entire bluegrass album there a few years back to he where he reworked some of his yes. older material as a bluegrass song and then does a cover of Prince's Purple Rain that is that is spectacular on that album. I highly recommend y'all check that out if you've not ever heard it. And that, that album went number one on the bluegrass charts. Yes. And, and, and I think in 016, or maybe 015, he was voted. Americana Artist of the Year. Mm -hmm. And we talked before uh, chatting. He has another album, Dwight Yoakam Acoustic, mm -hmm. that just him and a guitar. Yes. And that really uh, features his voice. That got to me thinking, you know, when I listened to that album back when it came out, I'd love to see him do a tour of, of, of in that style, which he don't have a band at all. It's just him and his guitar and a microphone. Well, just an acoustic tour. Yeah, just him and a, a guitar and a microphone. That's it. Oh, I, I, would, I would go because you I'd know, be I'd be there, buddy. Because I, uh, the minute the tickets went on sale, he uh, just a very well. We're so proud. He's from Kentucky, absolutely. And uh, from the, on the Highway Twenty Three in Eastern Kentucky. And let's mention that song. You know, he's got one called uh, "Reading Right and Route 23. That's right. It's very autobiographical and about a lot because basically, when he grew up, people had to leave this area to go north to Ohio or Michigan for jobs and the car factories and things of that nature. And that's where they went up was Route 23. He has another song that his grandpa was a coal miner and died of black lung called Miner's Prayer. I almost picked that one. That's and, and the only reason why I didn't, and this this episode won't be out for many months, but I'm working on an episode all about songs about coal mining. And I'm going to feature it heavy on that one. It, 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 it's a good song to feature. And uh, it represents our area. And another good song that I really like, he doesn't, doesn't sing concert anymore, but he probably should. Long Wide Cadillac. He sung that when we seen him back in the, at the Mac. I remember that. He killed it. Crushed it. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know, well, back to my number three or four song real fast, Fast As You. Now, at the Mac, if you can remember, and I had to go way back on the YouTube archive to find this <laughs> this tour uh -huh. of, of 06. Well, Fast As You, as I remember, and I, and I went back to check my memory, and uh, as Fast As You, he started off this song singing it in a chair maybe mm, if you know real song you know maybe it won't be long uh -huh. then about the first minute of the song and all of a sudden he kicks that chair back Actually he stands kicked it over up, kicked it over stands yeah. up and they go into a full blast as fast as you but that's one of the i wish that he would record that song the first 30 seconds like he did it in concert kind of slow uh, drawing out and all of a sudden stands up, kicks that chair, stands up, kicks it over, yep. and goes in the fastest you, just yes. as hard as you can rock it. 
I guess the only thing left to do is introduce my number one. Uh, it's another one off of this time. Another one that got up to number two on the charts, but not number one. Ain't that lonely yet. Well, that was a good video, Ain't That Lonely Yet. I love this song. It, to yeah. me, it's one of the best breakup songs of all time. His woman's left him, and he's, and she's wanting to come back, but he's letting her know he's not, he's not in that bad of a shape just yet. He said, give another day or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> give another day or two. He's not, he's not lonely enough to take her back. He's, <laughs> he's trying to play his cards and go into the bar to see if maybe anybody will buy it. And if he ain't got him a new woman in another day, yeah, or two, and Dwight, Dwight Yoakam's old enough to know we can't find a woman at the bars. You know, we'll take her back home, right? <laughs> but uh, I'm going to play it. Thanks again for coming on, James. I'll have hey. you back next season, buddy, uh, in the fall or early winter. Brian, I tell you, it's been a privilege and an honor to be part of your podcast and show. I'm looking forward to it. And I do appreciate what you're doing for music and just, uh, you know, letting people know that there are different forms of music and, and, and hollering people like me my favorite singers let me get my opinion on your show so i, I do appreciate it. and it's a privilege thank you james you're welcome here is at least according to me the best dwight yoakam song of all time ain't that lonely yet from 30 years ago in 1993. That one show is brought to you by The Goblin Trading Company and is written, recorded, and produced by me, Brian Combs, most of the time right on my kitchen table. If you enjoy this show, I ask that you please share it with others that you think may like it as well. And in the meantime, check out that one show on social media, either on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or all of the above. Thanks for listening. And until next week, spin that black circle.